Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join out on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Filling in for Brian this morning is Scott Beatty. And a pleasant good morning to you. Welcome in, everybody. Glad to be here with you. As Gene just said, I'm filling in for Brian Barnhart, who's in Maui with the Illinois men's basketball team. The day, the third and final day of the Maui Invitational tonight. Illinois will take on Xavier later tonight. It's an 8 o'clock tip that's uh, going to be preceded by our game day coverage starting at 6.30 on our sister station. So, Brian, about four hours behind our time and uh, we'll wake him up in the second hour and uh, talk to him a little bit about how things are at the Aloha State. Uh, we're at 30 degrees right now, but it is sunny and uh, school out today and the rest of the week. Hopefully, if you're around today, you're getting a little bit of time to relax. The day before Thanksgiving, sometimes a little bit slower paced if you're working or maybe you're out and just getting some errands done or just uh, drinking a nice warm beverage and, and relaxing the day before Turkey Day. We have an open line here this first hour. We'll take you till 10 o'clock on that in the second hour. It is uh, Darling Kleppel. She is the county executive-to-be. She'll be sworn in as the new county executive, the first ever in Champaign County on the first weekend of December. So she will come in and talk with us about how this transition is going to work, some of her priorities, and how the whole system gets up and running. Uh, it's an akin to a mayor position in uh in the, at the county level, and there's only two counties in the state of Illinois that are doing this. Will County has already been doing it, and now Champaign County will have this county executive form of government. How you'll work with the board, how our veto is going to work, all those kinds of things we'll ask her about in the 10 o'clock hour. Also, Derek Peterson, he heads up Allerton Park and Retreat Center. They just got a big gift announcement uh, for a garden, and we'll hear a little bit about that and what they have going on as we get into the winter months, and we'll wake up Brian in the 10 o'clock hour. Yesterday in the opening hour, we did a, an hour devoted to Illinois basketball because of the late game on Monday night, a chance for folks to react to that. Uh, we can certainly do that this hour. It's an open line, so we can go any direction. Uh, can talk about sports, the, the Illini, any of that type of stuff, but also plenty of local headlines to, and no, local and national headlines to consider as we go along. And, uh, you know, same thing as how Brian uh, offers it up, some possible conversation topics, but on this day of Thanksgiving, we can go, or day before Thanksgiving, go any day, uh, any direction you like. I would... Uh, I would open it up too if it, you know, thanks, giving thanks, good for the soul, good for the spirit. If there's something you just want to jump on and or text us about and say uh, what you're thankful for heading into tomorrow, no matter what your circumstance is, go ahead and let us know what uh, you're thankful for this year. All right, some of the headlines a uh, big one locally, Champagne teachers and the school board have reached a tentative agreement. That means there will not be a strike. Uh, starting on Monday, and school will happen as scheduled on Monday. The uh, 
contract expected to be ratified on Tuesday, November 27th. We don't have details on what the agreements were. School Board President Chris Kleppel telling us today that compromises made on both sides. They feel good about the agreement. That is good news for everybody, presuming that uh, everybody is uh, reasonably happy with the contract. And uh, some of the national headlines of President Trump condemning the killing of the Washington Post columnist in the Saudi consulate in uh, Turkey as a horrible crime. But he has rejected calls from members of Congress for a tougher, tougher U.S. response. Trump has dismissed reports from U.S. intelligence agencies that Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has, has, may have least had known about the plot to kill Jamal Khashoggi. And Trump on uh, yesterday defied calls from U.S. lawmakers to punish the Saudi crown prince for the slaying. Also, special counsel, Ro special counsel Robert Mueller has secured from the president on-the-record statements whose accuracy the president will be expected to stand by for the duration of the Russia investigation. Trump's lawyers say the president has provided written answers to questions about his knowledge of Russian interference in the 2016 election avoiding, at least for now, a potentially risky sit-down with prosecutors. First time Trump has directly cooperated with this long investigation. Those are uh, some of today's headlines and uh, some stuff we didn't get to yesterday. If you want to jump in on this, uh, current acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker uh, earned apparently nearly $1 million from a right-leaning nonprofit that doesn't disclose its donors. This happened before he joined the Justice Department. That's according to a newly released financial disclosure form. The tax-exempt group Whitaker Workforce not supposed to support or oppose sp specific candidates, but it challenges its challenges have largely targeted Democrats. Whitaker used his role as a platform to question the ethics of Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton. Of course, yesterday, Democrats uh, began challenging the legality of the attorney general, uh, who has not been confirmed by the Senate, uh, making its uh, way, uh, way around the conversations around uh, different places. Ivanka Trump apparently used some personal email for White House business. Of course, that has prompted some critics to point fingers at Donald Trump, saying it's kind of hypocritical because... Uh, he was so adamantly against uh, Hillary Clinton's personal email use during the 2016 campaign. And uh, also something we didn't get to last year, uh, last yesterday, no comedian will be at the White House Correspondents' Dinner next spring. What do you think of that? Last year's comedian Michelle Wolf called the White House Correspondents' Association cowards in response. They're instead going to have a uh, more traditional-style speaker and... Uh, Comedians that have been up there in the past traditionally get up and lampoon the president, usually with the president in attendance, but Donald Trump hasn't been in attendance for the last couple. And, uh, yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, that? That's become a highly publicized event every year. Nerd prom, as they like to call it, uh, kind of the Oscars of Washington. Everybody comes out, uh, who's who of Washington, and some celebrities go to that every year, and it's typically been pretty harsh comedian that comes out and performs as well so some of the uh, some of the things were uh, on the table for us here are the pre-thanksgiving table if you will i'm scott Beatty in for brian barnhart open line any direction you want to go three five six nine three nine seven is the number to call the castle heating and cooling text line is three five one five three five seven you can also tweet at me at scott underscore Beatty. 
We're back with more of an open line, hour number one here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. A penny for your thoughts on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Scott Beatty in for Brian Barnhart. Brian, back with you on Monday for Monday morning quarterbacks. No program tomorrow. No uh, penny program, that is. We'll have holiday programming. And then Friday, uh, something a little different during these hours. Ann Roten will be here. If you are a regular listener on Sunday morning, you're familiar with Ann and Standard Time. Well, she'll be spinning some holiday tunes for you. On Friday morning, as you're maybe out and about doing some Black Friday shopping or whatever you may be doing. So that's coming your way, a special penny edition on Friday morning after Thanksgiving with Ann Roten. 356-9397 is the number. It's an open line, any direction you want to go this morning. And the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 3515357. First up on the phones this morning, it's Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Um, I called to uh, to talk about a couple of things. Uh, they're about the same topic, but um, I'm a local musician who is uh, having one of my dreams come true. I am finally going to get to sing at the Assembly Hall. Oh, you State Farm Center. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, State Farm Center. I'm old, so um, I just always remember it as the Assembly Hall. I understand. But yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm getting the opportunity to sing, uh, I would say the, the, the honor and the privilege, rather, uh, to sing the national anthem before the basketball game on Sunday. Terrific. That's uh, at one fifteen, right? 1 o'clock? Yeah, 1 o'clock, one fifteen, somewhere around there, I believe. And um, I wanted to, uh, the reason I called was to, uh, to remind your audience that the, the National Anthem is a song that, that I would hope that they would sing along with me. I'll be doing it a cappella. Um, I studied the song when I went back to college, uh, and so I know it note for note, and I will sing it precisely the way it was written. So it should be easy enough for folks to sing along. And uh, I really encourage that um, to, you know, please stand up, sing the song along with me. Um, I can't even... Uh, I can't really describe the uh, how much pride I feel. I'm I'm also a veteran of the United States Navy, but there's something really really special about having the opportunity to sing that song before a sporting event. I've had I've sang twice before a couple of volleyball games this uh, this past season. Also, that's terrific. Now, uh, at one o'clock is it the the tip? And I'm sorry for offering up the. Uh, confusion there it is exactly at one o'clock is the tip for at the game um so i i studied music in college and i was an instrumentalist but did a little bit of singing and to me the one thing about the national anthem is it's not the easiest song to sing it has a big range to it uh so i i admire you for doing it because um i can carry a tune but it's a sometimes a challenging song to sing well, thank you very much. Uh, I I enjoy singing it, and yes, uh, you do have to have quite a range in order to do so. Um, I have a, a pet peeve, and that's seeing, uh, you know, big professional stars uh, taking artistic liberties when they get the opportunity to sing the national anthem. Uh, 
I just that kind of bothers me a little bit. I, I find it a little disrespectful, quite honestly. Um, but you know, because it, this is not an opportunity for you to show off your chops as a singer. It's an opportunity to, you know, to have an honor and privilege of leading people, uh, you know, in our national anthem before a sporting event or something. It's it's a really uh, it's an incredible honor. Yeah, it's kind of a who who's it about type of thing. Is it about me or is it about uh, honoring the country and and taking a moment to uh, uh, remember freedoms and all that? Yeah, when I hear some of those big stars going all over the place with the notes and doing all these, you know, kind of vocal acrobatics, if you will, um, there's a place and time for that. That's on their stage, you know. Um, I don't think that that's the time to do that. But at any rate, uh, I'd also like to say this, that uh, the second time that I sang at uh, at one of the volleyball matches, uh, it was before the Nebraska uh, match. Mm-hmm. And we had some problems with the wireless microphone. And I had seen something like this on on uh, YouTube before somewhere I don't remember exactly where but it was just one of the most beautiful things Scott I so and I know what was the problem was was the cameraman from the Big Ten Network got too close to me and I had a wireless I have a I have a video of it and you can see when he gets too close to me he's running down the line of Nebraska players and he gets too close to me somehow it crosses up the wireless system I see and my mic starts messing up but the entire audience I mean, it seemed like everybody there jumped in immediately and sang with me and covered it up, and then the mic came back on, and it was just—it was a really, really neat experience. Yeah, I, I actually was there at that match, and I, I remember that moment. It was pretty cool. I didn't realize what was causing it, but I remember the mic cutting out and everyone just singing along, and uh, kind of exactly what you're looking for, anyway. You know, without amplification, so pretty neat. All right, well, yeah, hey, I thought that it was special. Yeah. Hey, Jim, congrats, and uh, I'll be there at State Farm Center on Sunday, so I'll look forward to, to singing it with you. Thanks, Scott. Okay, happy Thanksgiving. Three, and to you, too. 356-9397. Is, it's an open line here on this Wednesday before Thanksgiving. 217 Texture on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line says, With the holidays approaching, remember to tip the easily forgotten ladies and gentlemen that work tirelessly to deliver your gifts. Not Santa Claus, but your FedEx, UPS, DHL, and postal carriers. We work harder than the elves. Good word there. All right, back to the phones. And Tony has a thought about the national anthem. Hey, Tony. Yeah, I, I'm proud of that guy. I'm happy for him, but I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I think it's disrespectful to sing the national anthem at all at a basketball game. I think it's a very important song, and I think it should be saved for something more important than a basketball or football game. A great example of this, like the day John McCain's funeral um, procession proceeded, that's the day to sing the national anthem, not trivialize it and sing it every single sporting event. I mean, they sing it at kindergartners' basketball games. Like, Mm. the more you do something, it makes it less special, and I think it should be saved for those very special times. That's an interesting take. I've never thought about it that way. Uh, have you thought about the pledge? Uh, you know, kids say that in the morning every day at school. Yeah, I, I think on Veterans Day would be a good day for it. On holidays that reflect 
you know, our freedoms. The 4th of July would be a great day to say it. Um, but to do it every day, um, it just makes it not as important and not as special. And, you know, if I were Shad Khan and known the Jacksonville Jaguars, the day they started protesting and getting, you know, all up in arms about the players kneeling, that's the day I would have said, we're just not going to do this anymore. We'll do it at the Super Bowl once a year. Yeah. the most important thing. So I see. That's my thoughts. I, I'd be really curious to know, I, I don't know this, are national anthems sung on a regular basis in other countries before sporting events or, or when when are national anthems performed in other countries and what occasions? I'd be curious to know. Is this a uniquely American practice or is it? Well, I know uh, I know in, in Canada they do it uh, for sure, um, but I don't know about uh, other other places. So if anyone knows about that, I'd just be curious to hear that. Appreciate you sharing your thoughts, Tony. Thank you. Yeah, a little different perspective there from uh, Tony on the National Anthem. All right, an open line. We're talking about the National Anthem here on the day before Thanksgiving. That's the fun of this segment, any direction you want to go. We're back with more. we got local news in a moment, more open line, and uh, we'll remember uh, a fun Thanksgiving TV moment as well as we move along on a penny for your thoughts. Join us tonight for Fighting Illini Volleyball at 6 as they tangle with the Spartans in East Lansing. Dave Lone with a play-by-play tonight at 6. Penny for your thoughts. I'm Scott Beatty in for Brian Barnhart. You just heard his voice. He is in Maui. And the Illini finishing up the Maui invite tonight. They fell to Iowa State last night. Well, yesterday afternoon into last night. 84-68 the final. They just had nothing. Nothing to offer offensively in that second half. Uh, and Taylor Horton Tucker from Iowa State, who Illinois really was courting and really wanted to sign with the Illini and some extra drama with the Chicago uh, stuff. He went to Iowa State and he went off, scored 26 points. So tough night for Illinois. They'll try and get it right with Xavier tonight, 8 o'clock tip. As you just heard, we'll have volleyball here at 6 o'clock and then we'll join up with basketball with an 8 o'clock tip. Quite likely that volleyball will be done. You never say never, but it's a pretty good chance that you'll hear the entirety of the game. If you want to tune into volleyball on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, we will have game day coverage beginning at 630. All right, we've been talking a little bit about the national anthem. Right before we hit the news here, we'll get in a call with Dan. Hey, Dan. Yeah, hey, Scott. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, your thoughts? Well, I don't really agree. With this, or, yeah, I, do, I disagree with the previous caller on, you know, we could, should conserve the national anthem for maybe a – make it more special. Um, uh, people might be interested to know that uh, history says that the first time the national anthem was played was at a baseball game in 1862. So, you know, we're bucking over 150 years of a tra- tradition here. And I don't think that uh, most people, you know, sing the national anthem all that much because I don't know how many sporting events uh, everybody goes to, but uh, I probably have only sang it once or twice this last year. So that doesn't seem like it's too, uh, what should I say, you know, repetitious. Sure. And maybe you could use the same argument. Uh, you know, our church went from communion uh, once a month, every two weeks, and then every week. A lot of people said, well, now it's not as special anymore. So there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I could sing, I wouldn't be uh you know uh, i could sing the national anthem once a week and not get tired of it for sure because it means something yeah 
I, I, you know, the thought did cross my mind too, just thinking about, uh, you know, a, you know, a prayer. Like, you know, I'm a Christian, so I know the Lord's prayer. You know, I can say that prayer, and it can just kind of be a rote recitation and not really mean anything. And or I could really um, take a time and think about the meaning and and make it a meaningful prayer. You know. Uh, and I, this isn't to be a discussion about religion. It's just, you know, how do you make something yeah. that you do repetitiously and make it meaningful or not? So um, I guess to each of their own. But I also just appreciate thinking about for a moment, what if what if you didn't do the anthem all the time? You know, are, do you, is it something you take for granted when you think about it? So, all right, Dan. Hey, I appreciate you weighing in on that. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Open line here up till the top of the hour. Right now, it's local news. Michael Kaiser with the latest. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217 351 Five three five seven. Welcome back. Scott Beatty in for Brian Barnhart. Glad to be along. It's an open line till the top of the hour. Next hour, new Champaign County Executive Darling Kleppel. Well, she officially will be, uh, I wanted to say inducted. That's the wrong word. Uh, sworn in. Will be That'll happen in the beginning of December, but we'll talk to her about this transition and how you start with a brand new position. And then also Derek Peterson from Allerton Park and Retreat Center will wake up Brian out in Maui before this is all said and done in the next hour. Adam Austin is our producer and engineer. Appreciate all his fine work. We've been talking about the national anthem. All started with uh, Jim, who called in in the first hour and said he'll be singing on Sunday at the State Farm Center before the men's basketball game and is hoping everyone will sing along. And he also mentioned that uh, he doesn't care for a lot of artistic license taken by uh, national anthem performers. Another caller suggested that we should not uh, sing the national anthem so so often as so to keep it a little bit more um, sacred, if you will. Uh, I don't know if that was the word used, but just to keep it a little bit more special. And now, uh, and then another caller said, no, we should sing it as often as possible, and especially around sporting events when it was first sung. Mark texts in, I disagree with Tony. The national anthem should be sung as often as, sang as often as possible. We should always respect it when played and should teach our young the same. Go USA. That's Mark. Um, a 217 texture says to your caller, Tony, just wonder if he tells his wife and kids he loves them every day or just special occasions. And another 217 texture says, I don't want to live in a country that didn't play the national anthem at sporting events, especially since I'm a disabled veteran of the U.S. Navy. That's perspective of Tom. So that has been a discussion point here so far. If you want to weigh in on that, certainly can do so. We can go any other direction. Uh, day before Thanksgiving, I always think about this from uh, TV. And in fact, this is now 40 years old this month. Do you remember this episode? And I think I hear something now. Uh, uh, the crowd is moving out into the parking area. And, oh yes, I can see it now. It's a, it, it's a helicopter. And it's coming this way. A helicopter? It's flying something behind it. I can't quite make it out. It's a large banner. And it says, uh, happy thanks. <laughs> 
Circling the parking area now, I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plummeting to the earth from only 2,000 feet into the air. There's no parachutes yet. Those can't be skydivers. I can't tell just yet what they are, but... Oh, my God, they're talking! tuned in, the Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkey. Film at 11. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Alright, one of the great Thanksgiving episodes on television from WKRP in Cincinnati, that episode is now 40 years old. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Good stuff. Uh, the Cheers food fight at Thanksgiving is another great television episode about Thanksgiving. There are a lot of good ones with uh, friends and that show. Good stuff. Okay, continuing on here, an open line, a penny for your thoughts, 356-9397. More on the national anthem here with uh, Dave. Hey, Dave, how are you? Uh, doing fine about the about the national anthem. Uh, you know, when I sing the national anthem, it's not too. It's an opportunity for me to thank um, for having the freedom to be in a baseball game, a sporting game, or anything, any other type of activity. And I'm I'm saying thank you to the people who died for this country. And I, for somebody to say, well, you can say that too many times. I mean, you don't want to make it a mantra. But I, I think it's healthy that we don't lose perspective of why we uh, live in this greatest country, maybe, uh, no doubt, in the world. Um, so um, I don't see anything wrong with singing the national anthem. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it, Dave. And I don't think that Tony's point was that he sees something wrong with singing it. He, uh, I think he's his point is let's not let it get uh, watered down. Now, I agree. I don't think you make you take it away. You make it more uh, infrequent just to make a point. But if you stopped and said, eh, "What if I? What if I don't do this so often? What would that mean?" And uh, maybe that also just means the next time you're singing the national anthem, you'll think about it in a new way. I mean, some, the, the familiarity can kind of mean that you lose your the the power of it sometimes. But on the flip side, if you you know. If you don't do it so much, then what's the point as well? So some of the thoughts that we're uh, bouncing around here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We can keep this up. There's, uh, of course, any other uh, direction you want to go. How do you feel that the Champaign teachers and Unit 4 School Board have reached a tentative agreement with a contract to be uh, ratified? Uh, We also mentioned uh, Ivanka Trump using personal email for White House business. Do you feel that's a, a... 
hypocritical thing to do, or uh, is this much to do about nothing? Is it a different case than uh, what was made of Hillary Clinton? And uh, is there anything else you're thankful for today? Anything you want to make, uh, let everybody know just what you're thankful for, either for person in your life or uh, uh, we all want, we ought to be thankful for. You can let us know. 356-9397 is the phone number and the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. Contrary to myth, it's not the tryptophan in Turkey that makes you sleepy after eating dinner on Thanksgiving Day. There's not enough of it in there to make you uh, go into that food coma. NationalGeographic.com saying scientists are pinning the blame instead on the large amount of calories eaten, relaxing after a stressful work schedule perhaps, or drinking a lot of alcohol. John and Camargo on the text line addressing Tony's points, eliminating the national anthem at sporting events is similar to eliminating God from schools and prayer from public meetings. Pretty soon we will eliminate everything from everything because we're afraid of bothering or offending someone. We're back with more. It's a penny for your thoughts. Join us this weekend for Fighting Illini football at Northwestern, the regular season finale. The Illini and the Wildcats at 2.30. Illini game day at 1 o'clock from Evanston. 34 degrees. It's 949. News Talk 1400 WDWS. It's a penny for your thoughts. I'm Scott Beatty and for Brian Barnhart with you till 11 o'clock. We have an open line here till the top of the hour. And then Darlene Kleppel will be in in the 10 a.m. hour. She's the new county executive that will be sworn in in December. And uh, we'll get her thoughts on this new position and how that whole transition will go. At uh, 10.30, after the news, Derek Peterson's here from Allerton Park and Retreat Center. And we'll also wake up Brian Barnard out in Maui and get his thoughts on day three of Illinois basketball, the final day in that event. Um Speaking of the National Anthem and its frequency, we do play it here on DWS every morning at 5 a.m. You hear, And you hear two verses also, not just one verse. Um, it used to be a thing to play it on stations when you signed off. Uh, and and when, you, uh, when you signed on and off, uh, WDWS back in the day used to sign off about 7 o'clock in the evening in the very early years of our uh, station, which goes back to the mid-1930s, and uh, so you would hear it then. I was looking here that Columbia, in the nation of Columbia, it's a requirement on public stations to play it twice a day at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on every public radio and television station, not the American National Anthem, obviously, the Colombian National Anthem. Thailand plays theirs um, at at 8 in the morning and 6 at night as well, so that's... uh, some places you have to uh, play it uh, twice a day on uh, media outlets. So this is all dis- uh, on a discussion based on how often should we hear or sing the national anthem. And if you have any thoughts on that, 356-9397 or Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351-5357. All right, on a different subject, Bill texts in, how many Republicans were le- are we leaving on election night that eventually lost... When so-called late votes were counted, especially in California, so-called provisional votes are being counted that are probably either people voting in multiple precincts or illegal aliens. These votes were mixed in the regular vote in Florida. So-called undervotes are being changed. It's like 1960 when Illinois was stolen by the machine in Chicago for Kennedy. That's 
a text from Bill. I'd be curious to see if you have any uh, uh, articles or uh, any evidence of that that uh, you know of to to support that claim, as I had not heard that and uh, had not heard that that's what's going on. I know there's been accusations of that stuff thrown around, but so far I haven't heard about any uh, uh, widespread things of that going on. You can weigh in as well. Turkey trivia. Turkeys live in flocks. They roost at night in thick tree trunks. And male turkeys, they are called gobblers or toms. And the female turkeys are called hens. And turkeys are polygamous. One male has a harem of females. They attract the, uh, the males attract the hens by gobbling and strutting. In case that wasn't apparent. Reminder, next Tuesday is uh, is the Day of Giving across the country, and uh, we here at News Talk 1400, we're partnering with WCIA 3TV for a food and monetary donation collection operation. This will benefit Eastern Illinois Food Bank. Listen for details. We'll keep you posted on how you can uh, do this. But it's a day of giving just when you start thinking about all the Causes that are worthwhile, uh, just keep in mind the Eastern Illinois Food Bank and how you can help us out on Tuesday. As uh, the, One of the things about Eastern Illinois Food Bank, if you haven't heard, is they can turn a little into a lot of food for folks around here in the area. So it's a, it's a really good option when you're considering all the causes. Back to the phones on an open line, 356-9397. Don is up. Hey, Don. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. i got just a couple minutes here. All right, a little proof that they're still in the election. Uh, it's called Election Day for a reason. You have one day to do this. Uh, they had how many years to prepare for this? It's all by design. And if you think it ain't, you definitely don't have a clue. It's all by design. Dude. There's no way Election Day should be, still be going on. What, two weeks after the election? It's called Election Day for a reason. You guys don't want to play by the rules. You can't take defeat. You will not concede. You said it was un-American not to do when Trump didn't even, the election wasn't even here yet. You were trying to make Trump say he would concede if he lost. said it was un-American if he didn't. You guys are going down. Your party is over and you don't even know it. You don't even know where your party's at or who even represents it anymore. So I'm so tired of you wanting proof called election day for a reason who's you who's you democrats oh okay you were saying you i didn't know if you were talking to me well not you personally you shouldn't take you shouldn't take everything personally when it comes to politics i mean that's the problem it's you guys i mean democrats want to put an emotional tab on it and it's politics If if you can't keep emotional out of it leave it to the adults so you're saying there's no emotion in politics no, oh, there I'm shouldn't be. If you, can't, if you can't leave it out, leave it to the adults. And some things there shouldn't be. There shouldn't. There shouldn't be on a, in voting. No, I mean you're going to tell me that some people can't vote. That black black people are too poor or too uneducated to know where the voting office is. And I, re- I really feel sorry for black people when you guys use that on them. You know, you guys. It's okay to need an ID for everything except when it comes to voting for you guys because you know you can rig it. It's the whole point of the machines. It's the whole point of where we're at right now. It's all by design. Okay. That's uh, that's one perspective. We're back in a moment on Penny for Your Thoughts. 
It's Illini Volleyball against Michigan State tonight at 6. Dave Lone has the call. After that, we'll join Fighting Illini Basketball all here on DWS. Headed towards the top of the hour where we'll get our check of news and then uh, second hour, Darlene Kleppel here from Champaign County, the new executive. We'll hear about her transition into that new uh, role. Derek Peterson also will stop by with an update on Allerton Park. We'll wake up Brian Barnhart all in the next hour here on a penny for your thoughts. Just had a caller that uh, took uh, took off air just to tell us uh, she had heard that turkeys were brought over from England by a a uh, member of the nobility, so that's just kind of interesting turkey trivia. Happy birthday today to Troy Aikman, football analyst, football Hall of Famer, former quarterback for the Cowboys. Goldie Hawn, she is 73. Michael Strahan, also a former NFL player, now Good Morning America co-host, he is 47. Some of the birthdays today. Coming up tomorrow. No traditional penny program, no regular penny program. We'll have Thanksgiving uh, programming for you Friday. And Roten will be with you, and we'll play some holiday music from 9 to 11 to help your Black Friday shopping or whatever you're doing to get into a holiday mood. CBS and local news next. More penny for your thoughts right after this. It's News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, a News Gazette media station. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Welcome back to A Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad to have you with us. Scott Beatty filling in for Brian Barnhart here. We are going till 11 o'clock, and we had an open line in the first hour. Our second hour here, our guest is Darlene Kleppel. She is the executive-to-be for Champaign County, newly created position that voters voted upon in the uh, November election here, and uh, December 3rd is when you will take office, Darlene. Thanks for joining us, and well, I, I say Darlene, and uh, pardon the familiarity there, because uh, I, I was we were talking about this off air just before. You know, if if uh, Mayor Finan is here, say Mayor Finan, or if Mayor Marlin is here, Mayor Marlin. But how do how does the county executive how will you be addressed? That is a good question, and I haven't given that much thought yet. But it could be Your County Executive Kleppel. It could be Madam. Executive, I'm not sure exactly how that will go. Well, I think this is this is the first time this anyone's been in this position, so you could set some precedent here that you you would. I mean, Your Royal Highness, yes, I'll Your have Majesty. To think about that. I mean, that may be a little, <laughs> maybe a little, put, uh, yeah, over the top, off-putting <laughs> to some. But I'm just saying, you have an opportunity here, Executive Kleppel, right now, Executive Elect Kleppel, yes, to be. So let's start there. How does this whole thing work? How how, how do you? Do you have to lay groundwork? Is there some legality that has to be established in order to put somebody formally into a new office that's never existed before? Well, I've had to learn about it. So what I've what I've learned is that there are some officials of the county that are constitutional. They're written into the Constitution. And so that would be the uh, county treasurer, the county clerk, and the sheriff. 
and they will be sworn in on Saturday, December the 1st, which is the first day of the month, um, by uh, Judge Tom DeFanis, who's the circuit chief circuit, circuit judge here. He will do that on Saturday morning at the courthouse. And then the current county clerk at that time, which will be Aaron at that point, Aaron Ammons, will swear in the non-constitutional officers, which will be the auditor and the new executive. We are, we are written in not the Constitution, but we're written into the statute. And so it's a, it's a little different. I see. So, um, it, so on the 3rd, on 8, 8 o'clock in the morning, we're going to be sworn in at Brookings. You're going to uh, have a ceremony around it? Or it will a, be a five-minute ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a five-minute early morning ceremony to start off the day. Perhaps some bagels. Perhaps or some bagels, yeah. <laughs> something to sort of celebrate the, yeah. uh, the event. I, someone suggested I need a sash or something. So <laughs> I don't know. We're not, we haven't gotten that far. Executive elect Darlene Kleppel here with us on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, and then what? At 8.05? At 8.05, I will move into my new office which um, is currently occupied by W.C., who's the county administrator. And um, she will move out of that office, and I will take over that office. Um, at that point in time, I'm just setting up my day. But the first task I have for the day, actually, is that evening is the organizational committee of the county board. And so it will, I will be uh, presiding over that meeting and will establish what the rules are for the new board coming in. I see. Uh that you mentioned Deb Busey leaving as county administrator. Does that position continue? No, there won't be a county administrator anymore because now the executive takes over all those responsibilities. Um, so what I intend to do is Deb has graciously agreed that she would be willing to extend her contract for just a temporary time while we transition. I just want to be very sure that I'm not missing anything. Um, and there would be probably, I, will I plan to hire a deputy just like the other officials have deputies. And so that position will be defined. The county board is responsible for um, defining the positions of the county. And then um, we'll be able to hire a deputy for my, for my office. So you, you cannot establish staff positions on your own? No. That's a, that, that is the, the actual budget and the county positions or salaries are set by the county board, the salary ranges. So they have to have a position with a salary range to hire someone into. The positions are established then the officials have the ability to hire people into those positions. So what, uh, what, what executive powers will you have? Um, what are the things that uh, you need to, that you could do if you, <laughs> you can't just say, can you issue executive decrees that, uh, you know, we're changing the name of the county or something no. silly like that? No, uh, no, it's very much a cooperative effort. Um, think about it in terms of similar to the mayor at the city level with the city council or the governor at the state level with the legislature, that there's a partnership that develops. So the, um, the budget is set every year, which it will be at this meeting, the next meeting of the county board, they will set the budget for 2019. And at that point, the officials are given their budgets and they work within those budgets to accomplish the tasks that are required. If they go outside of their budget in terms of the specific line items, then they have to go back to the board for amendments. So the, the board is very much in control of the budget. Um, but the executive can work within that in order to get things accomplished. So the procedures by which things happen will fall under my responsibility now. You will have, you will not vote, that is, I should say, you will not vote on the, on the board. You're not a voting member. 
uh, participating though in the meetings? Correct. I actually will be presiding over the county board meetings, the full county board, which meets once a month right now, and then sometimes has study sessions or other meetings, special meetings. Um, the county executive is now by statute the presider over those meetings. But uh, you don't ha- you don't take votes, but you can veto any uh, decisions made by the county board, correct? I can. I will have two other possibilities that would happen with the board. So if in um, some circumstance would occur where the board would decide something that I would not agree with, that I don't think is a good idea, I can veto. Um, I do have that ability. And then the board would have to have a three-fifths majority or supermajority in order to override the veto. Um, The other thing is that when there is a tie vote, um, which our, our board is possible because there are 22 members, So there could be an 11-11 vote. And if that were to occur, then I would be able to break the tie. Darlene Kleppel is with us. She is Champaign County Executive-Elect until December 3rd when she will be sworn in and established as the new county executive. We talked with you on election night after you won about now what do you do. I mean, there is not a huge roadmap in the state of Illinois for this type of position because Will County is the only other Illinois county that uses this. And... Will County is a very large county geographically, plus it's a collar county as well. So how much do you look at what they're doing and how much are you trying to uh, blaze a new trail on your own here? Well, it's going to be a combination of things. I have already spoken with Larry Walsh. He and I had lunch a few months ago and a very good conversation, and he is available as a resource to me if I should need to check in with him on certain things. So he has blazed some trail with that. Um, But you're right, Will County is different than Champaign County, and so we will want to do some things differently here. In addition, our board is different, and they have some say in how we do things here as well. So um, we'll be making a path as we go. Um, I think I have a good relationship with board members, so we've already got a start. I've spoken with several of them already about just different ideas that they would like to see put forward and how we might do some of those. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, Speaking of the roadmap uh, or a timeline, what might you want to establish or or get going in one month, six months, and mm-hmm. the first year? I mean, what are the immediate priorities, the medium-range priorities, and long-term for you? Okay. Well, the first priority is to get the logistics worked out. Um, I'm trying to do a lot of that up front ahead of time from when I get hired. So, for example, things like um, uh, I have a Facebook page set up for the county executive now. Um, I know where my office will be. I have to get... <laughs> You know, the keys to the building, all those kind of things have to be set up. And so the first week I'll be doing all of those things. I have already started meeting with all of my staff and just talking with them about um, what their jobs entail, if there's any suggestions they have for things they'd like to see changed. I plan to keep all of the current staff at the county. So I will inherit from the county administrator all of the administrative staff. So that'll be people in the finance uh, that do the finances for the county. It'll be the people that do the animal control highways, facilities, um, zoning and planning, um, the Board of Review, those those sorts of things that are administrative that are not under one of the other elected officials. Many of those folks, were they nervous? You know, hey, a change in leadership in this new position, and I wonder what the new executive will do. Did you feel like you had to calm fears in that, or was it kind of expected that everyone would continue? Um, I think I have a, I actually had a relationship with many of those people. I worked at the Regional Planning Commission for 15 years before I retired a couple of years ago. And so I know a lot of those people. And so um, my sense is that they felt comfortable with me. Um, Of course, they were interested whether I was going to change something right off the bat. 
um, I assured them that's not the case, and I don't think that's a problem. I think they, f I, f I do feel like they feel like they're secure in their positions and that they're doing a good job, which I also believe. And so there's no reason to be making a lot of changes up front right now. As people were, you know, gradually as people will leave, retire, whatever, we'll take a look at job descriptions and see if there's a way to move some things around that might be more efficient or more effective, which I'm always, I always do that when someone leaves. Um, but right now I don't see that there's any reason to change. My, my main goal for the first month will be to hire a deputy. Um, and I plan to have that person be uh, more of an expert in human resources because I think that's something the county lacks right now. And um, the feedback that I've gotten from the staff is that that would be welcome. So I think we're good there. Darlene Kleppel with us from Champaign County. She's the executive elect uh, with us for a few minutes longer. A medium and long range priorities? Well, the medium range priorities after, and I'm not sure how long this will go on, but as you know, the nursing home is still under the county's budget. And so that will continue to be a concern. Um, Van Anderson has been hired specifically to manage that project, and he's doing a great job. And he will continue to do that until the project is, is closed. Now, the sale um, on that has been delayed again right, because of violations. Delayed, right. And so we'll have to work on that. And however long that takes is how long it takes. So that will continue to be on my radar, certainly as a priority. Um, the second priority that I have, which is I think more of a medium term, is I really would like to work with the board in the first six months to develop a strategic plan. That I ran under that platform that I would do a six-year strategic plan, and I do want to do that. And I think I'd like to try to do that in the beginning of my term because then you have something upon which to base your budgets, which the next budget cycle will start in August. So if I spend the first six months doing that with the board, we'll have a, we'll have a plan in place so that we can then base our budget decisions next year on that plan. And uh, zooming out to maybe a year, two years? Well, we'll be working on our plan at that point. So it's whatever established we have established as plans. And obviously, as everyone knows, the budgets are tight. Uh, facilities are in bad shape. IT needs repair. I mean, there's a lot of things on the plate. So the question is in what order we do them and where they're going to lead us. Uh, Executive-elect Kleppel, could you, would you be willing to take a call here? Sure. All right. This is, we go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. You're on with Darlene Kleppel. Okay. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. What's your question? Um, my question is, and um, I think if I remember right, Gordy Holton was our first county executive. Did, did he actually start the board? Uh, no, Corny, Gordy Holt, this is a new position that has never existed before, so there's not been a county executive. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, my, my question is, why do we need one? Why do we need a county executive? And now the county executive is going to hire deputy. So we expanded county government, which means my taxes are going to go even higher. So I'm just curious, why do we need a county executive? All right. Thanks, Brian, for the question. Okay. All right. So that, that, that question actually came up during the referendum, and the voters made a decision in 2016 when they did uh, the election and, and passed the referendum at that time that they did want to have a county executive. There was some dissatisfaction with, I think, the way the county board was um, – getting things done or not getting things done as people thought there was conversation at that time about whether it would cost the county more to do it one way or the other um, as with any form of government there are pros and cons to doing government anyway most of the counties in illinois have a county board form of government but will county has an executive form of government and in other places around the country there are county executives also so it's a, it's a tried and true form of government. It's just a different way of operating. The question is that you're asking is, it, will it cost more or won't it cost more, or will it be more effective or not more effective? 
And I think that we're going to see this first term, whether that's the case. Um, I'm a very efficient person. I run, run things that I do very efficiently. So I think that, you know, my intention is not to build a huge administrative staff under the executive. As I mentioned, my only um, initiative right now is to hire a, a deputy, um, which in actuality probably will not cost as much as the county administrator because they will have an executive over them. Um, so the salary range will be smaller. And um, we'll just have to see how it works. Um, as I mentioned, the county was also interested in hiring a human resource director. So this person would be filling that role. Whether that's uh, a value to the county, we'll have to see. But I think it will be. Darlene Kleppel with us for just a, a few minutes longer. Uh, you are joining a group of leaders here in the area, political leaders that are women. Mayor of Champaign, Mayor of Urbana, uh, village board president, uh, village president in Savoy, same as a mayor, uh, St. Joe's uh, mayor, all women. Does that share meaning for you to now join uh, a, a significant trend in that direction? Well, sure. I'm proud of that fact. Um, I do think we need more diversity in our leadership um, in many ways, and women are one of the criteria or characteristics that might need to be more diverse in the upper leadership of um, government. Pretty neat. Um, and vetoes. Uh, you'll have veto power uh, on anything the board enacts. Is there any direction the board has hinted at or anything that you've se felt the need to already sort of say, hey, I don't like where this is going to go? Or is that something you're waiting for until everything gets into place? I'm not making any preconceived in, uh, notions about that. What I do think is that what the county executive in Will County told me is that he's only used the executive maybe three times in his entire career. Um, the reason that he said that he feels that happens is because because he can do the veto, the board is more likely to work together to come to a consensus and compromise. Um, I hope that's the case here. And so it may be that I won't even ever use, need to use the veto. Darlene, we appreciate you stopping by. I hope uh, we have get, get the opportunity to have a lot more conversations here, whether it's on Penny or other uh, outlets here on our station. But congrats again. All the best to you as you get ready for this new role. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me here today. And happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. 1028 local news in a moment. It's a penny for your thoughts. A penny for your thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Scott Beatty here with you in for a penny for your thoughts, taking you to the top of the hour in for Brian Barnhart. We're not letting him off the hook entirely. We will wake him up from his uh, Maui trip in just a little bit and get his thoughts on Illinois basketball on the last day out there in paradise. In the meantime, you know, we have our own little version of paradise not too far from here in Champaign, out in Piatt County in Monticello. It's the Allerton Park and Retreat Center. Derek Peterson runs that. You like how I set that up for you? I do. That was perfect, Scott. Thank and, you. And you did not ask me to do that. No, um, for once. No, <laughs> you had it right on. Yeah. Well, great to have you here. Um, you are, you just got a big gift. We uh, did. Yep. I, I feel like every few months we talk and you've got a new thing going on and yeah. uh, that's good. Lots of good happening. So tell us about the good news well so uh just the uh let's see this summer we were approached by uh the uh, the brim family um uh, barry brim was a was a, a local uh, photographer here in town he worked at carl hospital and uh he uh passed away at a young age and his sister and brother uh in-law came up and they said you know he took a lot of great pictures at allerton we're interested in some of the spaces out here and so we were looking at 
some of the vistas that are created at Allerton. And um, one that particularly caught their eye was the Triangle Partier Garden. And when I say the uh, Triangle Partier Garden, a partier is a formed hedge that's usually trimmed pretty tight. And we have the square partiers, which everybody knows is right out in front of the uh, visitor center. But the Triangle Partiers, uh, which is, are between the visitor center and the Adam statue, it's kind of difficult to see because they're not triangles anymore. They've been shaded out over the years and the garden's just overgrown. So we've been looking to renovate that garden to bring it back to sort of the historic revel, uh, 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 the historic way it was it was built and supposed to be. So the Brim family is going to help us do that. And yeah, they uh, they got on and gave us a great gift, an endowment of sorts, and some current use money uh, to renovate that garden and then endow it forever. So we got money to take care of it and keep it keep it real nice. Well, I'm excited because I know some of the people that cover curate manicure take care of all the grounds there and they don't have enough to do so right. i'm excited they get to do this now but it's a big undertaking um how how do you get going on all that well so uh it is and it's going to be a, a bit of a shock to the senses too because uh we we did this recently down in the food dog garden which uh, was back i think in about 08 or 09 we went through there and we pulled down all the old uh norway uh, uh, uh fir trees um white excuse me white fir trees that are in that garden that were originals to Allerton, and they're, you know, 70 feet tall and kind of crashing down on food dogs once in a while. And so we decided that it was time to take that garden down and then replant it. And the garden's really a living thing. You know, it grows, it, it changes over time. And so uh, we'll, we'll do removal this, uh, this winter when things get a little bit cold and firm up a little bit, although it's firming up right now, uh, with the, the, the soil's firming up. Uh, and then in the spring, we'll come in and replant the whole thing. And so We'll probably use some volunteer help around spring break. We've got a great uh, bunch of volunteers out there, and they're all anxious to get a shovel in hand uh, when it comes to this the springtime. So we'll uh, we'll remove in the winter and plant in the spring. Do you have a big background in horticulture or landscaping, all that? <laughs> so uh, I yeah. Well, personally, I was a uh, U of I grad in horticulture. Uh, I graduated, I think, in '03 when U, the university still had a, a, a U of I still had a horticulture program, and so I've been in landscaping most of my life. Um, and been doing this, and and uh, actually, when I started at Allerton, I started as a as a grounds, uh, as a park attendant. So I started planting flowers and removing hedges mm-hmm. and things like that. So I know it sort of from the ground up, um, and I know that uh, the guys uh, and gals that we have working out there, they on staff are great, and they'll they'll be able to handle this no problem. Yeah, indeed. Uh, what's interesting about this new project is part of it is to, as you said, things have gotten overgrown. Kind of sounds like it's correcting things back to what Robert Allerton wanted. Right, right. So when you look at it, uh, the Arbovitae, the, the, the big ones that are there, they're 30, 40 feet tall, and they've shaded out those uh, privet hedges, the, the tight privet hedges that are supposed to be triangular in pattern. Uh, we estimate that it was probably a renovation like this was probably done in the late 70s or early 80s. And so this is at least the third uh, kind of take back to the way Robert had it. Um, and uh, this time we're going to be correcting a little bit further. We're going to be getting rid of some of the privet hedge and replanting with a boxwood hedge, which is an evergreen uh, shrub uh, that we'll be able to keep a tight uh, trim on. And then it also is evergreen, and so you don't get the weediness that comes up through the privet hedge. And uh, any gardeners out there uh, know that privets, it's a very invasive species. Uh, Robert used it 100 years ago because it was probably a, a, you know what he saw in Europe and uh, when you had these uh, uh, these uh, partiers, it's, it takes a really nice crisp uh, a, a hedge and edge, 
um, uh, to do those parterres, and so the privet works really well. Well, it's one of our worst invasive plants that we have at the park. Uh, if you go out into the natural areas, there's privet everywhere, and you can really see it this time of year because everything else has lost all of its leaves, all the natives, and the privet's still green, and so you'll have this understory of green that keeps oak hickories from growing up. Is that privet in the natural area because of what Robert Allerton planted? That's right. We have uh, They get little purple berries that are pretty tasty for the birds, and they come in and eat them, and they go out in the natural areas and deposit them. And so, uh, yeah, that privet just kind of took off and, and went its way. Into he didn't the know what he was doing with the privet. <laughs> He's created a monster. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> he probably didn't see it in the 40, 46 years he was there. I mean, it, it, it takes a little while for it to, you know, really escape and get out there. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a bad one. Uh, we control it in the natural areas with some spraying and some cutting and some uh, prescribed fire that we do out there. But, but ultimately, the best way to control it would be to get rid of it in the <laughs> formal gardens. Yeah. Uh, Derek Peterson with us here from Allerton Park and Retreat Center. Um, I know you also wanted to come on here and say now that the leaves have fallen, uh, there's not really much to experience at Allerton until springtime, so don't bother, right? Is that what you Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I wanted to say. Thanks for that, Scott. <laughs> <coughs> I can do this with you, right? <laughs> I, think, I think this might be like the third year you and I have been doing this back and forth, and every year about this time I come on and I say, I say you know, winter is my favorite season at Allerton, for sure, no doubt about it. Um, you know, the, um, uh, summer is great. Spring is great. Fall is nostalgic. You know, the fall has this really great sense of homecoming and Thanksgiving and, um, uh, you know, the leaves are changing all that. But, uh, this year winter started early, at least in my estimation. Yeah, it did. Yeah. We had snow on October 12th. And so, uh, you know, the fall colors didn't stick around as long as uh, what I thought they would, or maybe they just didn't start as early as I thought they would. But then we, uh, back in about 2012, we decided that we were tired of being so sleepy and hibernating through the winter. And so we actually took it upon ourselves as a staff and as an organization to start creating events at Allerton that were very specific to winter months and getting people out uh, during those winter months to experience Allerton in a time that most people, you know, kind of put it away for this season and then come back out in the spring. And so um, a few of the things that we've been trying um, and been very successful at uh, this. The, I heard you earlier talking about uh, what you're thankful for. Well, I'm really thankful for my staff. My staff has done a great job uh, creating holidays, the holiday season at Allerton. It's becoming something that I think we can really hang our hat on. Uh, about four or five years ago, we took the holidays and we said, you know, you can come home to Allerton. You can really come back. We're going we're gonna to light it up. Uh, we're going to have um, a, a festive atmosphere. We're going to celebrate the holidays for more than just the, you know the two weeks around the end of December. We're going to start in early uh, early December, right after Thanksgiving, and we're going to go till mid January. Um, we do that in a number of ways. We have this uh, lit walk, uh, the Kirby Winter Wellness Walk, which we're actually expanding this year, making it a little bit longer. I've heard really good things about this, and I. I want to make it a priority to get out for this. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to give you the opportunity this year because we've got, we've, we actually built events around this to give people a chance to come out and see it. And then also while they're there, participate in some other activities that are going on. And so December 7th, the opening night for that winter wellness walk. Um, we haven't taken a, uh, a measuring tape out and figured out exactly how long it is. It's a little longer this year and we have some dark area components. And so the idea of it isn't, uh, isn't something like you're going to experience twinkly lights and Christmas music. It's more about celebrating the natural areas after dark. And so we try to call out different components of the natural areas. Uh, we put lights on trees. We showcase uh, different areas. And we actually have a dark area this year. Um, that's going to be interesting to see how people react to it. But uh, we're going to let 
you know, na the, the natural areas be sort of natural. And so we've cut this trail and give people the opportunity to sort of really experience uh, darkness as it's supposed to be experienced. And Allerton is a dark, you know, place. And then you'll come out of that and you'll be lit back up with, with lights. But uh, December 7th, we have opening night. We'll have food trucks. We'll have some entertainment. Uh, the mansion will be open. Um, we're going we're gonna to be uh, charging uh, to get in. There will be an admission price for that. That's the only night we'll be charging for the light walk. The rest of the nights will all be free. And then uh, one, of the, one of the good things we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, celebrate the winter solstice. And so I have a, a Scandinavian-type background. Um, so I'm, I'm big into the, um, the traditions of, of, of the, uh, the Swedish people. Uh, but we, um, we're going to be doing a Feast of Yule celebration mm -hmm. on December 21st. We'll have, we'll have a fire, uh, again, food trucks, um, probably some sort of bar activity, uh, uh, and then again, that walk. So we're really trying to get people active uh, in the winter months when maybe you don't feel like being active mm -hmm. and it's a little darker. Well, we're trying to celebrate that, you know, the, the days are shorter, the nights are longer, and come see what the nights have in store. Uh, it's this Scandinavian, this like Huga yeah. image that th th that's popular now, you know, with just the comfy, cozy yeah. things of winter. And I I'm really intrigued by this light and dark thing through the walk. So yeah. that's okay. That starts December 7th and carries on. We, we go through the second week in January. Last, last year we had to cancel a week because it got too cold. So we actually pushed it out a little bit further. Um, but yeah, we, we really are just trying to get people out, get people active um, at Allerton and enjoy that, that dark and the natural the natural uh, components that we have to offer. Derek Peterson from Allerton Park and Retreat Center, and you can follow Allerton on Twitter at Allerton Park UI. Mm -hmm. Derek, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And to you, Scott. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll come back with a penny for your thoughts. We'll see if we can rouse Brian Barnhart out in Maui. Join us this weekend for Fighting Illini Football at Northwestern, the regular season finale, the Illini and the Wildcats at 2.30, Illini game day at 1 o'clock from Evanston. All right, 10.51 here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Scott Beatty filling in for Brian Barnhart out in Maui, Illinois basketball tonight. 8 o'clock is the tip. Our game day coverage starts on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5 at 6.30 while Illinois volleyball is going on, and then we'll join up here on this side with basketball at 8. Illinois has uh, lost the first two ball games to Gonzaga and Iowa State. Tonight they get Xavier. Let's go out to Tropical Paradise, Brian Barnhart, and uh, you're four hours behind, Brian, so uh, good morning, Sunshine. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. We're having a good time here. <laughs> the, sun, the sun is out again. I know uh, uh, on uh, Light Rock with Mike in the morning, I think he wakes you up when you're on the road, too, and gives you a wake-up call, right? So we... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's okay. I had an alarm set for about now anyway. So you were it. <laughs> Good. That's that's what we're here to do. Uh, yeah. uh, this is day three. Uh, bes besides the game, any uh, uh, what is the itinerary of the day for the team and and for all that? Well, they will uh, do their typical. Uh, they may go do another shoot around since the game is later tonight. Um, had the game been earlier, you know, obviously uh, a lot earlier. If they played, if they won, they'd play the first game of the day. Uh, here in Maui, so I think they'll they'll do probably a shoot around at the local high school, which is up in the hills here in Lahaina, and then do their uh, pregame meal, all their prep work. They'll do that about uh, what noon Hawaii time, and uh, then play the game. So I, you know, it'll be kind of a typical routine. I've noticed with the you know over the years uh, routines, whether it's football or basketball, they try to 
keep everything pretty much the same on game day. So uh, there's not many surprises when you once you get start getting ready for games. They do things the way they want to do it. And, and that game yesterday, boy, it just seemed like Illinois could not get anything going offensively. Um, it, do you think it was a big letdown after the loss to Gonzaga, after being so close to upsetting Gonzaga? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I, I you know, it was a very quick turnaround. Usually, even in the Big Ten tournament, you know, you're if you're playing. Uh, when you're playing back-to-back-to-back days potentially like this, usually you're you know in the afternoon session and then again in the afternoon session, and then they'll never use that as an excuse. But it was a very very quick turnaround, so they came out a little sluggish. But the foul, you know, they've been fouling too much. That's obvious. And uh, Georgie, they just can't afford to have him be out of the game so quickly. I think it just kind of took them out of their rhythm early. You know, to have Frazier and Deshaunishvili both out so fast in the game. I mean, Georgie played three minutes in the first half. Um, and then, but, you know, they made up for it. Griffin, you know, was able to come up big. Allen played really well. And Jordan hit some big shots. And But uh, in that second half, Iowa State came at him. And they warned him in the, in the scouting report yesterday that Iowa State's going to take big punches at him. And it was in that second half when they really threw, uh, you know, metaphorically some big uppercuts with the big run, and Illinois just kind of broke down on both ends of the floor, couldn't get stops, uh, couldn't hit shots, and once they got down, uh, you know, by a pretty big margin, it was over. Yeah. Of course, Iowa State's Taylor Horton Tucker, he, he had a huge game, and I, I don't know if how much it was playing in for the players uh, because Taylor Horton Tucker was a big target recruiting-wise for Illinois, and then he chose Iowa State, and they're – May have been some politics and all of that. Did, did you sense there was that layer going on, or hey, he's just a really good player? Well, I, I, hey, he's a really good player. I, it's hard to tell what's going through you know kids' minds along the way as they're as they're on the court. But uh, you know, he, he hit the first shot of the game, hit a three right off the bat, and they didn't score again much the first half. But in the second half, and Dion mentioned it, you know, once he hit a shot or two early in the second half, it was like the one thing you don't want to do is let him get on a roll uh, because he's really, really good and, and gets confidence. And then he's just start hitting all kinds of shots. And, and I think it was overall part of the momentum Iowa State had. I don't know if it was specifically, you know, related to him or anything he was feeling. Maybe it was. But um, I think it was just Iowa State was, was clicking and they started hitting some shots. And they do a lot of one-on-one uh, you know, type offense. It's not so much an offense they run, but it's a lot of one-on-one play, and they're and they're good at it. Yeah. And they just kept attacking, and then they can wear you down. And so he was a big part of that. But it was funny because the Iowa State. I talked to the Iowa State radio guy before the game, and he said, from their perspective, he's really good. But sometimes he's like a bull in a china shop. He just runs in there, charges in there, and doesn't necessarily know where he's going to finish. But but uh, once he gets all that figured out as a young player, he's going to be – he's already good. He'll be, you know, dynamite by the time he's done. Well, hey, Brian, uh, we're enjoying your call. Win or lose, I'm missing you here, and I'll keep the seat warm for you a little longer, and you'll be back in it on Monday morning. So enjoy the last pineapples and luau's and beaches and surfboards and rainbows <laughs> and all that good stuff out there. Yeah, there were a lot of rainbows yesterday, the, a lot of uh, – clouds and rain a little bit of light rain at times so it was a pretty day but happy thanksgiving to everybody and uh, we'll talk to you later today yeah safe travels as well on your way back thanks brian appreciate it scott thanks okay brian barnhart he'll be back with you on monday morning after illinois basketball and football tonight and uh, saturday as well and don't forget basketball on sunday 
We wrap it up in a moment. All right, it's been a good couple of days with Penny to be visiting with you. Brian back on Monday with Monday Morning Quarterbacks and a nice open line. In the first hour, Darlene Kleppel was with us in the second hour here. Also, Derek Peterson from Allerton Park and Retreat Center. We just talked to Brian as well. Don't forget, Illinois basketball tonight tips at 8 against Xavier. Tomorrow, no Thanksgiving Day Penny show. We'll have holiday programming Friday. Ann Roten will be with you to bring you some holiday music if you're out and about doing your Black Friday festivities and don't forget we're having our day of giving with wcia next week to benefit the eastern illinois food bank we'll do that on tuesday details coming it's news talk 1400 wdws champagne urbana happy thanksgiving everybody this is cbs news on the hour presented by liberty mutual insurance i'm jim taylor it's crazy out there just insane